the Stick 'Em Up podcast. Brundy, what do we what do we got going on in the NHL this week? Um, not not a whole lot. Like nothing. No no big crazy major news. We got uh, again coming up to the trade deadline. We got some some trade rumors. Um, we got we got a surprise captain uh, named, which is kind of odd. Midseason uh, GM firing. You know weeks before the uh deadline probably one of the coolest things we've we've seen in the league in in quite a while we 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 don't got a lot but we got we got a couple things to to jump into yeah absolutely uh do you have any of these in particular you want to get to there's there's a lot of small things to mention there's one or two big things uh that happened this week i i probably just get the the smaller stuff out of the way early um the first one starting off with the the Vancouver Canucks um obviously still one of the top teams uh in the league um they they are closing in on or, or trying to work out something um to sign Phil Kessel which i mean if you can get a guy like Phil Kessel for for free um, like not giving up assets for him probably league minimum um good you know middle six scoring um potentially even i mean the way they're playing he could even just come in and be their 13th forward but uh could be a good signing for the canucks i think yeah and i think especially since they have a fairly young team they got a lot of good young players i i think at the very least you know you bring him in he can be a a locker room guy that can even if even if he is a you know a fourth line guy who only plays uh four minutes of even strength and then plays on the second power play unit or even if he's a healthy scratch like and he's just at practice if he's just like an advisor to the team basically uh i think he could absolutely help uh, a lot of these guys uh kind of progress their 100 percent. it's also worth noting um a, a lot of the pieces that were were in arizona that um uh because when phil kessel was was okay to to be traded out of Pittsburgh um once they really just kind of weren't able to to afford him and whatnot um he the only team he wanted to go to was uh the Coyotes and a large part of that was due to Rick Tockett being the current head coach there um him and Phil Kessel have a great relationship so now with with Tockett in uh in Vancouver kind of just makes sense for for them to reunite again and uh, again I think if if Phil Kessel doesn't end up signing with the Canucks, he probably doesn't uh, end up signing anywhere else. So, yeah. Uh, last I heard, they're he's been kind of working out with their AHL team a bit, uh, just kind of going through some conditioning, and then uh, you know once they kind of see what where he's at right now, and if he's able to to bring some to the table for him, I think then that's when they'll make a decision on what they're gonna what they're gonna do. Yeah, and it's it sounds like uh, at the moment he was heading over to do a conditioning stint a bit with their uh, with their AHL team. So yeah, they're they're kicking tires on him and figuring out you know can he still go because you know a lot of people have questioned uh, rightly or wrongly uh, over the years if Phil Kessel you know uh, is does he have the the uh endurance i guess 
uh, of today's NHL, especially with getting older. But and it's so funny because there's so many guys who criticize him, you know, because of, you know, he notoriously loves hot dogs and he drinks like nothing but Coca-Cola. But then there's so many stories of guys being like, hey, why don't you get in here and uh, do some workouts? And then he'll go in there and like bench press more than anyone else and like run the treadmill. Great. And then he'll just leave. Yeah, and like I he just has I, it. So yeah, if if anyone can just show up and show that I'm good to go, it's it's Iron Man Phil Kessel. Well, exactly right. And then you know, coming up on the trade deadline, if they're able to, you know, bring in an impact, like if Phil Kessel can be an impact piece for them, uh, that just makes it easier on them going into the trade deadline, not having to give up more assets to. Uh, to go and get a rental guy to maybe fill that role. Um, if yeah. you can just sign Phil Kessel and bring him in and, uh, you know, save some assets or use those assets for, for another maybe bigger piece you're looking at, um, I, I, th- I think it could work out really well for the Canucks. Yeah, I there, there's like no downside to this, right? Like he's, yeah. you got to assume after being out of the game for this long, he's not going to come in and sign a $3 million deal. You got to assume it's going to be one mil or league min. Like those are basically the two things I could see it being. And I think neither of those really hurt the team. uh, Even Yeah, I I agree. So 100%. Um, I mean, another quick one. We don't, there's not much to sound it because, you know, it's, it's McDavid, but uh, the other night McDavid did put up six assists um, in a single game against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, it was a pretty kind of big stomping by by Edmonton there, winning that game uh, eight to four. I mean, McDavid, like he just looked phenomenal out there. Um, you know, every pass he was making was was creating scoring opportunities, and like he he got six assists. Could have been uh, could have been, been more. even more than that. Yeah, so. yeah. There was one that was really good where he just uh, made this like spinning back pass. Mm-hmm. And and like the goalie had no idea it was coming. The defenseman, like got whoever scored, I'm assuming like Zach Hyman was just like wide open right in the slot. And like he could have stick handled the puck for two seconds and then shot and he would have scored. Like nobody was expecting McDavid to pass. So I'm pretty uh, sure that was uh Evander Kane who scored that one, mm. if I recall correctly. Yeah, so they uh yeah, I mean, what what more is there to say? Like, we all knew McDavid could uh, do something like that on any given night, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, which one? What do you, what, what do you want to jump into next here? Um, let's move over to the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, who fired their general manager, Jarmo Kekalainen, uh, a couple days ago. He... What do you what do you have to what do you have to think about this? Um, it, it it's a very weird one just because it, it's you know right before the trade deadline, and I know that their um, president, I believe their president is uh, Davidson now, and I know he's going to just step in as kind of the interim GM. I think for the rest of the season. Um, but again, it, it's very odd to, uh, you know, you, you don't you see a, a general manager get fired very often right before coming up to the trade deadline. Um, I think the 
biggest thing was that this was kind of a a make or break year for Kekalainen. Like if Columbus is right there in the playoff hunt in a playoff spot, I think he keeps his job. Um, I mean, he did everything he could last offseason to to improve the team and try and get them uh, back into the playoffs. And I think they kind of saw like, you know, the the owners and, and, and whatnot realized that the team's clearly not going in the right direction. So it was yeah, uh, time to move on from them. But again, like they've, they've been out of it since November. Like they've, they've been awful all season long. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, not it's just interesting all of a sudden that, in the new year that they're yeah. at the bottom of the league. So it's just kind of interesting that now is the time they decide to, to, to do it. And so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do at the deadline now, for the, what, yeah. what direction they're planning on going in. And I think it's especially kind of weird just because I don't, I don't see a lot of what's going on being uh, Kekalainen's fault, really. Like, by all accounts, this team should be turning a corner. Like, going out and, you know, he's got guys like, you know, Patrick Laine hasn't panned out as much as they want. Goudreau hasn't panned out. Um, but their, their drafting has been great. They have so many good young guys coming up. Yeah. Uh, they... Uh, the only team that I could point to better for how they've taken into a rebuild is the New Jersey Devils. Uh, other than them, I think the Blue Jackets in recent memory have done the best rebuild uh, that I can think of at this moment. And they've they've got so many good pieces going. Like, they're going to turn the corner eventually. Uh, the East is really strong right now. And a lot of their guys that are coming up are still very young. You know, they're not... They're not at that 23, 24, 25 range where they're really starting to come into their own. There's there's a lot of 20, 21, 22 year olds. So I yeah. I get it because it's it's hard to just constantly fire the coach. Eventually you have to move on to the GM, but I I think Kekalina has done a pretty good job in Columbus. And maybe it's maybe it's things like Goudreau not producing like they'd want, or uh, you know, line A not panning out the way they wanted him to uh for a couple years now but i uh i think he's definitely going to find uh a job somewhere else in the league and there whoever gets him is going to be better off for it yeah i mean my immediate thing is i think you know whether it's at some point this season or in the off season i think he probably ends up in in some kind of management role um with florida uh again just due to his connection with bill zito i think those two kind of um link back up there but again yeah like he he went down swinging with columbus he he did everything he could last well the last couple off seasons to constantly try and improve this team like you mentioned their drafting has been great um like it's you know him uh being fired is no fault of his own he has done everything he can to put the best team out there possible. And he's actually made Columbus a, an area where players want to go, you know, you like 10 years ago, probably over 75% of the league doesn't want to go near Columbus and play there. And now it's kind of becoming an area where a lot of players are actually comfortable going. And, and in some cases, a lot of guys want to want to go there and, and stay there. Yeah. Um, Goudreau so, took a pay cut to go. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, like you said, I think they're going to be good. Um, in a couple years, they got a lot of good pieces coming up. 
uh, and you know, if you got to kind of uh, tear down from within a little bit, you know, I, I think the coaching situation um, obviously is going to have to be completely redone in the off season. It was shitty situation to start the year for them um, before the draft, you know, figuring out who your new general manager is going forward. Um, you know, if you're already at the point where you're at now, where it's the season's lost, I think maybe you, you know, with the trade deadline coming up, you, you maybe move on from your, uh, your captain and Boone Jenner and, and try and get the most value back for him while you can. And, and they don't need to rebuild, but I think, you know, a little retool um, and, and a little personnel change is, is what they need to. Yeah. They just kind of need to regroup on the rebuild because the rebuild is definitely still going through. They've got so many young guys, but just moving out yeah. a couple of the older guys that are on some expiring deals, try and move out some of the bad contracts. They don't have many, but uh, some of yeah. them are tough, you know. Um, Severson, I believe, has he might have eight years left, seven or eight. So yeah, well, yeah, because he just signed that new, new, uh, new deal with them when he got traded there. I don't, I don't even think Severson's a, a problem for him. I think he's come in and done, um, you know, almost exactly what what what's been expected of him. Yeah. Uh, even Provorov is coming in and look just fine. It's really just, you know, when you're when you're looking at your your top guys, you know, I'm not going to include, uh, you know, Patrick Laine for obvious reasons, just a lot of things going on with him. But like Merz Lincolns has, has had a really rough year. Goudreau, I mean, just can't seem to get it going. Um, and and then really from there on out, it's it's a lot of young guys like Fantilli, Marchenko, uh, Chinikov, Cole Sillinger, Ken Johnson. Like it's, yeah, it's just a lot of young guys that are still finding their way in the league. So you know, with those guys, it's you just got to give them time to it's, to get it's comfortable. Crazy how many like like I've I've started uh, paying attention. Like I didn't used to pay attention to the upcoming drafts, but I believe it was either the I think it was the 2020 draft uh, where Lafreniere went first overall, where I really started to pay attention to that one and all the subsequent ones. And every single freaking time, there's a guy that I'm like. That guy looks really good. He's not like gonna go first, but he looks like he's gonna be really good. Every one of these dudes gets picked up by Columbus. Like, I'm, I think Kent Johnson is gonna be a guy vying for the Art Ross someday. I think he's gonna be so good. Fantilli's gonna be fantastic. Like, they, they have so much talent. If they can get somebody to help develop them, yeah, they're, they're gonna be an absolute wagon. And of yeah. course, they're, uh, gonna have to find somebody uh to hold down the fort and net yeah yeah 100 it's like they got a lot of work to do but you know i think the they're they can see the light at the end of the tunnel and it's you just got to go through this little bit of a rough patch and i mean you, you you make the right coaching hire um you know you you get a key um signing for agency like that and you know obviously the goaltending um Bruce lincoln's isn't going to be their guy next year. So if they can figure that out, there, there's no reason why Columbus can't uh, contend next year. If a lot, like all those young guys mentioned, if they all even take take a, a step forward or two, they'll, they'll be just fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, this isn't a. There's not too much to to say on it. Um, but Alex Ovechkin uh, has goals now in six. Uh, straight games um, after 
as you, you've put down here, um, being held to only eight goals in the first half of the season. So, I mean, Ovechkin's really kind of starting to uh, to get it going again, which is huge for Washington fighting for, for a playoff spot. Yeah, and it's, it's wild to see the reaction to it online because, you know, uh, there's so many Capitals fans, right, that are like, Ovechkin every year of his career always goes on a heater after the after the all-star break I don't know why anyone's com- anyone's surprised and it's like uh, fair but like we've never seen Ovechkin have lo- this low a goal total even close to this low this late in the mm-hmm. season so it, this really is an entirely new look for Ovechkin but uh yeah yeah he, since the all-star break he's had I believe six games and he scored a goal He's got one goal in each game. So, yeah, I mean, I I haven't watched. I don't know if he's, like, absolutely back, if he's gangbusters out there. Or maybe they're just starting to go in. But either way, he's... Uh, he's looked good, though. I will give... I will he's burying it. Yeah. At the, at the end of the day, he a goal in six games straight, that doesn't happen by accident. And uh, certainly not yeah. for somebody like Ovechkin. Yeah. Um. So, so actually, with exactly the... What they need. With the topic of Ovechkin, I got a stat pulled up here. Um, So this is uh, most goals by by individual players since the beginning of the 2016-2017 season. I have the top five. I'm going to see if you can guess who these top five goal scorers are since uh, since the start of that season. I would also like to do it where I have to say what order they're in, because I think I can yeah. get that. Yeah, yeah, you got to say what position they're, uh, they're in, yeah. All right, so from 16-17? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, to, as of, to as of this morning. So it, it feels like it should be a free space to say Ovechkin, because, I mean Ovechkin, but Matthews is won a couple Rockets, and he's got a lot more goals this year. Um, Ovechkin hasn't really had any injuries, though. And Matthews has missed he's, some time. He's stayed relatively healthy, Ovechkin. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm still going to say Ovechkin first, but I think it's close. So two things. Ovechkin is not first, and it's not close. No it's not close. It's not even close. It's okay, not so even Matthew, close. So Matthews is first, right? Matthew, sure. Matthews is first. Okay. How, how much is, is it by that uh, so per, separates Ovechkin from second? Is, Ovechkin's in second with 311, which pretty good. Pretty Matthews good. is first with 344. Okay. So he's got okay. 33 more than, than Ovi there. Geez, how many more does he have this season than him? Probably, um, probably like 25, something like that. This season, what did we say Ovi's at now? Ovechkin's at 14. Uh, Matthews is at 45. 45? Dude, we've yeah. got like 20-some games left. I'm pretty Matt sure Matthews I did the math is on earlier. pace for 70. I think he's going to on pace for 72 at uh, the moment of recording. I did the math earlier today. Yeah. And that... That's wild, man. And like, if he strings together a few games where he gets lucky and pots another hat trick, dude, he could hit 75. Like, yeah, he very crazy. easily could. Um, and then numbers three to five are all 
really close in there um, okay. with Ovechkin. Like they, these guys are probably going to be jumping over each other throughout gonna, the rest of the season. I'm going to assume third is Pasternak. It is He's not. Drysidle then. It is Drysidle. He's tied with Ovechkin at uh, 311. Wow, he's tied with Ovi. Okay. Is Pasternak fourth then? Pasternak is fourth with okay. 309. It's only two behind. Okay. And then and number then... five, I mean. <laughs> is it somebody that you'd expect or? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, is it just yeah. McDavid? Yeah, it's McDavid yeah, with three hundred yeah. with three hundred and eight. So one behind Pasternak. So really, wow. it's McDavid's two only to five one is behind all. Pasternak. Yeah, like they're all right in there with each other, and then Matthews is just. And and this is also, um, sixteen seventeen that season. That was Matthews' first year in the league. Season. So like yeah. he's just in a in a class of his own when it comes to scoring goals. It kind of looks like which. Like it. And, and we've mentioned it in, in great detail before just how impressive he is and i i still honestly i really do think by the time his career is done like you know barring any um unforeseen you know injuries or something that that you, you can never predict or anything he could very well end up being the, the all-time leader in goals like that's it's not yeah. a question at all Ab- absolutely i think i think he has the best part of ovechkin's game and <laughs> like the best part of Stamkos game put together like yeah like he's got he's got the shot but he also he knows how to maneuver through guys but and he can like he's always open dude knows how to find open ice like second to none yeah and the talent around him like he, he's been very fortunate yeah. like in, to play with guys like you know for basically his whole career guys like Tavares Nylander Marner like He's, yeah. he's got good pieces around him, which, I mean, obviously that that does play 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 a huge role in, um, in in his goal scoring success. You know, if he was on a, a a different team with you know without those high end superstar players, I don't even know where where he would be at in terms of goals. He'd still probably have quite a few, but definitely uh, not three hundred and forty four so far. Yeah, I definitely think he'd have less. I venture to say he'd probably still be in first on this list i think i think he's that good and i think he's probably i think he's probably like fifth if he's on a lesser team i think he might just be like all right guess i have to pick up the slack for for wet where where we're not scoring elsewhere and 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 that could very well be the case yeah it's always hard to tell um but with that uh which what do we want to which one we want to jump into next um, did we talk about um, Markstrom's news here last week? No, no. this was looks like no, that, that came out over the uh, over the weekend. Yeah, so uh, this is uh, just kind of reported around. I don't know if it's been confirmed at this point, um, but Jacob Markstrom uh, allegedly waived his no move clause to go to the Devils before the deal, for whatever reason, fell through. So. Yeah. It sounds like there was something serious enough in there to uh, go forward and ask him, you know, are you will you waive this? And he said yes. So um, you got to wonder what the, was going on there. You know, was um, was Holtz still a part of a deal like this, or was it a guy like uh, one of their really young defensemen, uh, Simon Nemich? So that uh, 
it was as it was, close to a, a done deal as as it possibly could without it actually going through. Um, f- from what I know, which isn't much, but it sounds like Nemich wasn't wasn't part of the uh, of it at all. Okay. Um, especially for a guy like Marksham, like Nemich wouldn't like if again it would I, like we've mentioned before it would have to be like a a Markstrom yeah, and a and a never yeah like um, maybe even plus my guess is probably it was uh and and again it um it, it can't be new jersey's first round pick this year right because technically that there's still the conditions with san jose um so it would be a a 2025 first and i'm assuming holtz was probably um he kind of seems like the odd part of that yeah uh but but again like we we can only speculate all we kind of know is that you know it was as close to a a done deal as it possibly could without it actually being a confirmed deal um but i i wouldn't be surprised if if these two teams are still talking and uh come back to this at some point because i mean new jersey needs a goalie bad and if markstrom's willing to go there you know i i don't see any reason why these two teams wouldn't um wouldn't wouldn't be able to to figure something out to to get make a deal go through especially like if markstrom's comfortable going there because that's the biggest part of it is is getting him to agree to go somewhere and you know waiving any any clauses that that can prevent uh him being moved yeah and they I mean, you said it perfectly. The the Devils need a goalie. They cannot uh, not get a goalie before the trade deadline is up. Yeah. Uh, unless they really think there's a guy out there they can sign in free agency. Like you, you gotta you gotta find somebody because they're getting abysmal goaltending, but they're still on the cusp of a playoff spot. They are. Yeah, they're, they're still right in there. At, they're currently at fifty eight points. Uh, wild cards one and two uh, in the East are 64 and 60 points. They're only one yeah. win behind Detroit right now. So, And that's with Jack Hughes missing quite a, and Nico Heischer, um, both, you know, having some extended time out due to injuries. Yeah. So I, it's definitely possible that they get in the playoffs. And if they do, I think they still got to push for it, even though, you know, the regular season hasn't gone their way. Yeah, yeah. And and again, like I think if Markstrom gets moved, I think New Jersey's really the only team I think he um ends up going to. You know, you kind of look at some other teams that need goaltending help, aren't really in the the position to to really, you know, um go on a run or anything. And like if, if Markstrom's uh leaving Calgary, he's gonna want to go to a contender and somewhere where he has a chance to to be in the playoffs and have a chance to win a cup. So you know, I, I think, I think at least two teams come back to each other at some point, leading up to the deadline. And if Markstrom gets moved, I, I think New Jersey's really um, the the only option at this point. Yeah, especially because New Jersey also has uh, the assets to to make a deal yeah. go through. They have like they have a ton of things they could do. They could move around to yeah. get really whatever they want. So. You'd uh, you'd be shocked to not see them make a move at some point here. Yeah, one hundred percent. And another interesting thing with Calgary that I've I've, I've kind of been looking at lately um, is, I mean, Noah Hannafin is still, you know, 
no one really knows like it's not like they're they're actively shopping him but it, it doesn't sound like they're talking on a contract um but like there, there's not a whole lot of places that noah hannafin is is a good fit yeah um like I'm, I'm assuming if a team trades for him they they would want to you know sign him to an extension right away and lock him in but you, when you look at all the teams that you know are, are true cup contenders that uh could really be going all in like not many of them really need a a, a top four left shot defenseman yeah. And then even the team that you could make there, I mean, you could make the argument for a team like Tampa yeah. um, with Sergachev out, but then even with Sergachev back next year, then like, you know, then did you yeah, have Hannafin playing on your third Hannafin. pair or something? Like, yeah. So and, I, and it's I a tough spot hate, for Calgary. But I just don't, once Sergachev's back and he's off LTIR, I don't think we'd have the money to keep him is the thing. It, it will not. Yeah, that is also a big, big part. I don't hate the idea of running three defensive lines because like that's what we did for our back-to-back cups we had headman first line uh mcdonough second line and sergachev third line and then we rolled all of them with like a good amount of ice time because they're all left defensemen but yeah uh it just it just wouldn't work for us and yeah he's kind of in this weird spot where he's he's not quite elite enough for a bunch of teams to be like we need to go out and get this guy he's going to be the our meal ticket but he's he's too good to be cheap, so yeah, he's in this I, uh, bit of an awkward middle ground for sure. Yeah, and and there's no like there's there's no rumors around him whatsoever on on where he could end up going. A team that I think I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run at him would be the Arizona Coyotes. Actually, I think the Coyotes are really starting to kind of you know. They're starting to to really find their identity there as a team. They're they're a lot better than years past, and I think you know the idea of of getting a guy like Noah Hanfin, if you can get him for the right price and then lock him in there as as part of your your core, and he fits kind of the, within the timeline of uh, where they're at. I think he could could be a great fit for that team and um, a big part of you know uh, helping out that that defensive end for them. Again, no rumors to it, but I think that's a that's a team that could make sense. Yeah. Um, um we got uh, we got a few more uh things here. Um I think I think we'll get through one or two more and then we'll talk about the Ridley Grieg. Uh yeah. That whole thing. Um before we get to that, um just go through some of these quickly. Um Earlier today, the uh, Maple Leafs announced the sudden passing of uh, Mark Giordano's father. Um, Gio had just come back from a lower body injury, uh, maybe five days before recording, something like that. And so now this has happened. And I don't think the team's announced anything. I don't think we know if he's going to miss time for this. I assume he'll miss a couple games. Um, yeah, time with you'd that. assume so. Um there's there's really not much more to say on this. This isn't exactly hockey news, but just uh, well wishes yeah. to Mark and the rest of the Giordano family. Yeah, yeah, yeah like you said, there, there's not a whole lot to to really go off of with it. You know, just you know, hope him and his family are doing well and uh, he can get back on the ice uh, sooner rather than later for the Leafs. Yeah, um, we got a we got a couple more. Uh, 
uh, I guess that one wasn't really, but uh, the we got a couple injury things here. Um, Blake Wheeler uh, looks like he's going to be out for the remainder of the season with a lower body injury. Uh, he went down the other day in a Rangers game, and it, oh man, especially since it was in the same arena, it looked eerily similar to the Sergachev injury. Just like awkwardly foot got stuck, fell backwards onto his leg. It looked pretty nasty. He he did get up um, with the help of some people. Uh, he tried to get up at first and he leaned on his stick and he fell back down and you could hear it actively sucked the air out of the arena when they saw that. Um, yeah. They had a couple trainers go out. They had some guys out there. They helped him off. It looks like he was getting onto a stretcher like just down the tunnel uh, that they helped him out. But he did uh, kind of uh, jump on his one leg with some help off the ice. So he, uh, yeah, it looked pretty tough, but he is a, he is one tough SOB. So I definitely imagine he'll be back with a vengeance. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like next year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. It's a, it's a, you know, the Rangers have struggled with some injuries this season. And uh, again, just a, a, a great depth player like Wheeler and uh, a guy who's huge in the locker room for them, um, you know, is, is something that that's, you can't really replace um, what he brings on and off the ice. Um, you know, and he's, you know, that, that might be the end of him uh, with the Rangers. You know, he's, he's only on that one year deal. So I'm not sure what they're, their plans will will be with him moving forward now. Yeah, it's it's really tough. And Blake Wheeler is a tough guy. He people were talking about this, how he like you. It's hard to tell how bad the injury is because he he kind of no sold it a little bit if it is that serious because the way he was able to get off on on one foot. Uh, people are talking about how he's you know he'd played multiple weeks in the playoffs before with uh uh bruised and broken ribs and he had uh there's the one time he blocked a shot and it actually ruptured one of his testicles and he played yeah. out the rest of the period like dude is an absolute warrior yeah and, uh, yeah yeah you just you hate to see injuries like that yeah 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 it's 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 always tough seeing ones like that um, um you know hopefully he's able to uh come back you know, healthy and, uh, you know, there, maybe there's potential for him to, to stick with the Rangers and, and, uh, sign a new deal there, or, um, he might just re up and do the same contract basically that he signed this year. And you just one more year at, uh, whatever number, the 800 yeah. or whatever he's there for. And if it doesn't work out the Rangers, there, there's going to be other teams that, that will 100% be, be Absolutely. looking for him, um, in free agency. Um, and then the other injury news, uh, coming out of Pittsburgh is Jake Gensel is out for four weeks ish, um, with an upper body injury. That, that That's worst case scenario for, for Pittsburgh right now. Yeah, he is. He, he's the guy that they're looking to potentially trade at the deadline. He's really the only guy they could if they decide to go that route. So it's, it's really tough for them at this at this point that might've uh, driven his price down a lot, um, which is too bad because the, what everyone's talking about is that Jake Gensel will probably fetch a better price than Lindholm got. And oh, easily. 
and the Flames got a lot for Lindholm, so that would have been huge for the Penguins. So hopefully that doesn't drive it down too much. Well, and even just he's like, a great player. You know, I, I don't see the Penguins being a team that just you know sell the farm now and and give up on the season. Uh, like you can't do that when you've got guys like Crosby, Malkin, Latang. You you went out and and traded well, for Eric Carlson. Fifty goals this year, like yeah. Man, and like going up to the trade deadline, you know, you want to put yourself in a position where you can be like, okay, we can actually, you know, make the case that we're we're buyers because we're right in there. And, you know, losing your, you know, one of your top players in Gensel going up there, like the rest of the team's really going to have to to pick up that slack and try and uh, uh, get Pittsburgh into at least a respectable spot come the trade deadline. And then, yeah, they're going to have to decide whether, you know, you can agree to a contract with Gensel to keep him around, or if you gotta, you gotta part ways with him. And if you part ways with him, that's that's a big loss for that team. Yeah, but yeah, like you mentioned, the, the trade package they'll get back will will definitely be bigger than than what Lindholm uh, got for Calgary. Yeah, um, uh, Connor Bedard re- uh, return, kind of a almost a surprise return. Uh, he returned about a week early from injury um, the other night in a game. Uh, was it against, was it against Pittsburgh? Yeah. Yeah. He, he returned uh, the other night in a game against Pittsburgh. Uh, he was wearing that uh, signature bubble visor uh, helmet that he wore during the uh, world juniors. Yeah. So, yeah. It was kind of cool to see. Yeah. It's kind of sick, dude. If you can like make that your brand and just like, Dude, he could just wear that. Like he, like I think he can pull it off. Yeah, there's not many guys who can pull it off, but yeah, I think he's 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 one of the few that that can for sure. Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna make fun of him as he scores three points and sinks your team every night? So yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, he uh he looked good out there. He had a, sw- a sweet assist on a, a goal by I believe uh, Kevin Korczynski, I think. Um. I don't even know half the players on on Chicago yeah, anymore. I'm, I'm trying to think if that's the guy or if that that might just be a reporter in the NHL. Like I've team. I've mentioned before, it, it's Bedard in in the AHL squad. Yeah, so he sauced it over so. to some dude who buried it, and it was it was a great pass. Um, but yeah, with Bedard back, um, currently Chicago's on an eight game losing streak. So yeah, they need to start winning. They they might start winning now that uh, Philip Kershev. Was the, the goal yeah? Um, Crosby's with, also at 30 goals, he had 30 in that game, yeah. That's what I was saying. Crosby's probably gonna hit 50, like, yeah, he's I'd be he's shocked fourth. if he doesn't. And uh, with San Jose's win last night over the Flames, uh, San Jose is four points above Chicago for last in the league. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised it's not more, honestly. like I, I thought San Jose was really starting to pull away from them a bit. They're they're five, three, and two in their last ten. And uh Chicago is one, eight, and one. So the the thing is though is, yeah, is I take you, that at the moment. You gotta remember though that like San Jose started off the season losing eleven straight. Oh yeah. And sh- Chicago racked up, I think, like you know, by the time San Jose got their first uh win, Chicago already kind of they had already threw together a couple of wins and they kind of were able to create that separation. Um, 
and then obviously things changed when you know Bedard got injured like that. Chicago really took a dip, and, and now you're kind of seeing the opposite. A bit of a like, but now you're gonna, you're, I think I you're think gonna see the opposite because now Bedard's yeah. back for for Chicago. Uh, like this game last he, night, he's like, gonna be fighting for the Calder. Yeah, and it's and, a close race now. Yeah, and with the Sharks last night, like you're you're not gonna get, you know, five goals from your fourth line again this season which is what San Jose got last night um, in, a, in a terrific game. Like, that was a great game they played um, from start to finish there. Uh, but now when you've got, you know, Logan Couture and Thomas Hurdle out for for extended periods of time like that, yeah. that They're really hurts the team. only real elite guys that they have left uh, yeah. right now. Like, they've got the guys with the talent to get there, but at the moment, those are the only two properly elite guys they've got in my eyes, and them both being out like it's four points i got to imagine they drop below chicago if chicago can put together any sort of meaningful record for the rest of the one season. and and even with you know guys like um hurdling couture out you know the guys that are expected to kind of step in and fill those voids are guys who are who are going to be traded you know over over the next couple weeks yeah. and at the deadline so like the the team's just going to keep getting worse and Bedard's good enough that he can single-handedly steal games for uh, for Chicago. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's really going to be a... You're, those two teams, I think you're going to see just flip-flopping back and forth over each yeah. other as the season kind of winds down. Um, I think, you know, barring Anaheim purposely throwing games like they did last year, um, or Columbus just blowing everything up at the deadline, you probably don't see San Jose or Chicago leap up over either one of those two teams i think those are kind of your two teams that uh are going to be fighting it out for for bottom of the league come uh come the end of the season yeah and i think i think one thing that it's really going to come down to uh besides bedard is goaltending uh yeah peter morazic on this abysmal blackhawks team he is sitting at a 909 save percentage that is absurd mm-hmm. for how sub NHL that team is. That is a fantastic record. Like honestly, the Devils could go out and look to grab Peter Mrazek. Like he has been very good this year. And well, no, because Mrazek signed an extension to stick with. Uh... Oh, he did. He signed one to stick yeah. around there, didn't he? Um, yeah. But yeah, Mrazek's been great, and. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood has also had flashes of pure brilliance this year. And I think, uh, you know, it might even, come down even Kakanen to... Yeah, Kakanen's up like, there. Like, I've got the money puck stats up. And he was, uh, you know, once you uh, sort by too many minimum games played, he doesn't show up because he plays less than Blackwood. But yeah, he's, he's played 25. Very, he's been very respect, respectable in the games he has played. So I think it'll basically come down to... Uh, you know, do any teams have fantastic collapses against them? Uh, Connor Bedard and goaltending. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it uh, will end up coming down to. And with San Jose, I think they take a hit because obviously, um, you know, barring a, a, a crazy change of heart there or anything, it, you know, Kakin's probably getting moved um, at the deadline unless you know, he signs a deal beforehand. And so then, 
you know, on the nights when Blackwood doesn't play, San Jose really doesn't have any other goalie uh, that that can put up a respectable game for them. So, who is the backup goalie in Edmonton right now? Um, Calvin Pickard. Oh, okay, so Pickard's not terrible. I was wondering if they might be able to use a backup goalie, considering a uh, Campbell's just. I I haven't heard news on him in a in a, like a month. Like, he's yeah, just, I, I haven't heard anything. Of... Is he just he's just still toiling away in the NA, in the uh, AHL, I suppose. Yeah, and that's that's too bad. Um, it was nice to at least get to see him, you know, have his a uh, bit of fame there and get a good contract while he was around because he seems like a really good dude, but. He was just, he was unusable. Edmonton was right to send him down and it sucks. Yeah. That's, that's how it is. Yeah. Well, and the thing with goalies is like, there's, you know, if a team's going out to trade for a goalie, they're, they, they're, it's going to be a team that's, uh, you know, in the playoff race. Like, you're not going to be a, a bottom of the barrel team and, and trading for a goalie, um, unless, you know, they, they know that they can trade for Kakinen and then he'll sign a, a deal to stick around there. Uh, but again, like there's, there's just not many teams that, you know, are, are in there that, that need that goaltending help. Like you can make the argument for Carolina still, New Jersey is, is obviously a clear one. Um, Detroit, maybe, I don't know how, how confident they're going to be in, um, yeah, like in, in what they've got right now, but so it, the goaltending market's an interesting one. You know, yeah. I think, again, I think Markstrom goes to, to New Jersey. And then after that, it's, you know, there's no other teams that need that clear help, but you can make, you can make the argument for some teams, but not, not none yeah. is as clear as New Jersey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, before we get into the final one, uh, just a quick one. And I'm, you know, reading this and I'm just like, damn, it feels like this has already been a thing for, for a while, but it's not. Um, but the Philadelphia sure. Flyers mid season, oddly enough, um, you know, in a playoff spot doing great. They have named uh, Sean Couturier as uh, the next captain. Um, he is the first captain of the team since Claude Drew's departure. Um, I think if this is one where it's the golf clap. Yeah, I think this is one. If anything, it's he he came back from those injuries. They weren't sure if he was going to be able to even play or how long he could. And now that they've kind of see, like they've been able to see where he's at and what he can still bring to the table and the love he can play. I think that's kind of why now they've they've made the decision to like to name him captain, knowing that he he's he he's healthy, he's good, and he can uh, he can be a part of this team now um, in the future moving forward. Yeah, and I'm I'm just trying to find find something here because uh, John Tortorella was telling a story. Oh God, how do you spell Tortorella? If you just put in torts, it'll probably come up. John Torts, Johnny Torts. They um, he was saying the other day how he uh. I believe it was Couturier. Uh, I just wanted to con- confirm, but I believe it was Sean Couturier who he had a he had a, he was having a pretty good game, and then he had a really bad play that led to a turnover, and they got scored on. And so, uh, Torts benched him for a couple of shifts, and then he said, "All right, get back out there." And he went out there like a bat out of hell. He went out with a vengeance, and he ended up scoring a really nice goal. 
And he just like did this like going down to one knee fist pump Selly that was so intense. And um Tortorella after after the game said, Yeah, that was a big fuck you to me, I could tell. Uh and, and Torts loves that though. You know, oh he no, loves yeah. That. He said it he, he said it with shit. a smile. He loves yeah. that. He yeah. loves guys going on the ice and proving him wrong. Like yeah. and I wonder if a moment like that led to this. I wonder if well, they, they don't like, really have had, any other options. No, but they could have stayed without a captain. And and Torts is no stranger to that either. And I, I, mean, I wonder yeah, if but... a moment like that, because that happened only about a week ago, and something like that was just a little extra fire. And maybe, you know, that happens. He has a good game next game. And he says, screw it. You know, you're the you're the only man for the job. Because... He he absolutely yeah. deserves it. He is the heart and soul of uh, Philadelphia hockey right now. Oh, hundred percent. Like he he's been the the driving force for that team, and and getting him back from those injuries is is just been huge for them, and it's a big part of the reason why they're uh, they're where they're at now. You know, still in a playoff spot come middle of February. Like no one uh, no one saw that coming. No. Um, with that said, um, the big I one. think the final I think one that's everything that's everything except for the one yep so it, un- there i very much doubt you would be listening to this podcast and not have heard about this but for those who didn't hear uh there was a game against between the ottawa senators and the toronto maple leafs in ottawa i believe yep hockey and, in canada and i want to say it was four three and Ridley Grieg yeah. for the Senators got a empty net breakaway. He's going to ice the game and he gets a, about the hash marks and just winds up and rips a slap shot into the empty net. Absolute rock star shit. I personally such love a it. Sigma move, man. He's such it's, like, I love it. I love great. it. And so I, he, I'm... yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And we'll definitely talk about the fallout of it. I'm just going to finish telling it here. That um, so he circles around. He's kind of skating along the edge of the boards after he scores that. And Morgan Riley goes over and just cross checks him right in the face. Kind of hit his shoulder a bit and went right into his face, but he got him square in the jaw pretty good. Yeah. Um, that that was almost a full week ago. That's got to be at least five days ago now. So since then, he's had Morgan Riley has had an in in person hearing that actually I think got moved to an online like video call hearing because yeah because of the travel the, the there was a massive snowstorm in new york that was right. was just terrible so they switched it to zoom and it was if it was the like the weirdest thing because it was like it happened on saturday and then it's like okay you know the following day he's got an in-person hearing it's scheduled on tuesday and then the news didn't come out on like they do sus- like he ended up getting a five game suspension. Um, but th- the news of the suspension didn't come out until half an hour before the Leafs game, which I think is just like a- absurd that it, that it was like, they, they just, they milked it for as long as they could right till the last second. Yeah. Like the hearing was in the morning. It could have been Kate. Okay, it's done. Boom. Here's the, the suspension, but they dragged it out right until the, the very last second, which I thought was was really weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, five-game suspension, I, I think, is 
is fair. I, I think it's a great call. It's uh, It was not a hockey play. It was outside. The, the whistle had been blown for several seconds because, obviously, empty net goal. Um, and, man, and I there's one thing I do appreciate, and that is, despite them all being bad takes, the Maple Leafs, everyone in that organization, top to bottom, has Morgan Riley's back. Yeah. Uh, Sheldon Keefe on multiple occasions. I don't even know where people are finding him in so many different places, but there's a million clips of him in different spots going, yeah, no, what he did, I, I support it. Uh, I love seeing him take the initiative. You know, uh, Ryan Reeves was, you know, saying good on him and stuff like that. I think even well, Sheldon Marner Keefe's and Matthews were talking about it. Sheldon Keefe's a bit of a crybaby, though. Like, oh, you uh, don't the, have to the, tell one, me. the one thing he said was like, Oh, you know, he got a five-game suspension because it's Toronto and people love to zone in on Toronto and and make an example of him. It's, and it's like, no, it's because it wasn't a hockey play. Yeah, and, and I think what he said is isn't on it in this situation. I don't think it affects the suspension, but it is true. They get a lot more eyes. This this would yeah. not have blown up as much as it did if it wasn't Toronto. Like. This was everywhere for hockey news for yeah. three days. It's all you could hear about. I was trying to find uh, lightning highlights the other day, and I couldn't because just everything about hockey was about this play. Um, yeah, but and it's it's yeah. turned Leafs fans into just huge crybabies online about it. Um, the most common example I see is they complain that Brendan Gallagher got five games for his elbow. And they were like, oh, well, if Gallagher got five for that, how can you give Riley five for this? No, the issue was, was Brendan Gallagher didn't get enough because Morgan Riley got yeah. five. David Perron got six for what he did. So you can make the argument that Morgan Riley is actually lucky he didn't get six because I put what he did on par with, with Perron. Yeah. And the Brendan Gallagher one is completely different because Gallagher's the one who didn't get enough games. It's not Morgan Riley got too yeah. much. It's Gallagher got off the hook a little bit, a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, a absolutely. And, and I, and I don't blame Morgan Riley. Like, you know, I, I think it's fine for him if, to go in there and you know what, uh, go in there, check him into the boards, drop your gloves, do something. That's don't drop your don't, gloves. Don't cross check him in the face. Like if, that's, he, if, if he's that's that so upset and lame. If he's that upset that Ridley Gregg broke the the you know the code, apparently the, the, it's the a sacred rule. rule. I had not heard of it, but man, yeah. there is a lot of old time hockey guys coming out saying you don't do that. If there's one thing you don't do, you slap shot on an empty net. Hey, we've Henrik all, Lundqvist we, loves it. He thought it was all, awesome. Yeah, we've all heard about the uh, about the you know you don't step on the logo in the locker room. Nobody's talking about oh you never slap shot an empty netter. Like no, yeah, that's that that has been a, a a pretty kind of it's one of those unwritten rules. It's part of like the player code, like you don't do that. But at the same time, if that's your argument, isn't part of the code not throwing a cheap shot at a guy for something like that? Isn't it to to drop cheap the shot at a guy man during a man goal celebration? Yeah. yeah, it's like you know, if you're Morgan Riley, why don't you just go and grab him and just drop the mitts and and do what Eric Branson did to Nick Cousins? Yeah, you get your message across, and at the very worst, you you probably get one game. If I was gonna say Ridley Greg fights back, you you don't who gets even face more than suspension. one game for instigating a fight unless you like really pound their face in. You're only gonna get one. Well, he, he he I guess he actually he would get one 
regardless because of the rule if you you instigate a fight in the final like yeah three minutes or something you get one game but it's like you know if you're going to be upset that ridley greg broke again the the code isn't the code for something like that to to drop your gloves and 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 go toe to toe don't don't throw a cheap shot and then yeah there should be a higher level of the code that says don't hit people in the face with your hockey stick yeah 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 exactly and I, I just I love what Ridley Gregg did though. I, rock, I think it rock was star awesome. shit. That it that is put sick. him on the map for the rest of his career. Like if I was in the NHL, I would never score a regular empty net goal again. Like I would be like, that was awesome. Every time I'm in that situation, I'm absolutely blasting that thing through the net. Like yeah. Like that that it's just so fun. It got the crowd hyped. It's a bit of an F you to the other team. And like, I'm, I'm surprised at how many guys that are such, you know, it's so many of these old hockey guys that are like, you know, they're, they're used to the tough game and stuff, but it's like, it's weird that they're so big on toughness, but also wham, uh, he slap shotted it on the empty net. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's such yeah. a weird tough guy stance on such a like kind of crybaby issue. So yeah, mm. like I don't know. If you don't want him to slap shot on the empty net, don't uh don't, don't give him a game. breakaway from uh, don't give him a breakaway while the net's empty. There's in. a lot you could have done before that point. Not a single lease player was was back checking. Like Morgan Riley was gliding in behind him. Just gave where, up. Where was uh where was Morgan Riley when Radko Gudis was screaming in his rookie goalie's face after they eliminated him from the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's it's... gotta be worse than slap shotting the empty net. <laughs> battle cry into your rookie goalie's face like yeah i can't believe he wouldn't do anything there so i yeah i don't know if he was just pissed off from the night in general but and yeah it, if it's a bit if of a it was look. ottawa versus minnesota or winnipeg he probably doesn't do it but you know what it's first of all and and you know what i know it means a lot to the players especially on canadian teams but it's hockey night in canada you're at home you're playing your rival yeah. Like, why would you not go out there? And again, I, I said it before, it put Ridley Gregg on on the map for the rest of his career. You know, yeah. we, we're we're guys that uh, you know, pay attention to to everything around the league. We know pretty much every player. Um, so we we I, like we already knew who Ridley Gregg was. But I've talked but to even, so many but people even then, who are only, just only a casual. Like, like I know of him. Like I don't yeah. know what kind of season he's having even. But no, but, but now, at least you've you, you've heard his name. Yeah, but now Whereas the casual viewer, like the casual watcher, um, had had no idea who he is, and now they all know who he is, whether they they like what he did or not. Everybody knows who he is now, and if that's the type of guy he's going to be, that can you know be a a fifty point guy to potentially even more because he's still very young. If if he can go on to you know kind of be that you know i don't really want to say brad marchand type of guy but also kind of like if you can kind of be that guy that can contribute offensively but get under the other team's skin and maybe a bit more of a a yanny gord type like a a, yeah a good middle six shit disturber like that that is great for any team especially a team looking to get into the playoffs yeah yeah exactly and um i don't know i love seeing all the people like that I've I've seen before that like w- was was up in arms um, 
uh, over like Shane Pinto situation. They're like, oh, that's not fair to Pinto this and this. But then they're like, they're like, oh, they can't believe they would shaft Morgan Riley like that. It's like, it's it's just it's so weird to see the different ways people go back and forth. When it's even we we talked about it um, with Jennifer Botterill, how she was went off on Jamal Myers on, on the panel the one night because of the the Ryan Hartman Cole Perfetti thing, but then she seemed kind of okay with this of of making a statement and uh you know sending a message and again so it's like that I, that I, I whole think panel part of it is really that whole who, panel talking about it was a mess there is yeah. there was the one guy there out of the four of them i don't know their names there was one guy that um was very like i can't he was looking around the room like oh i'm surrounded by three people who like this play and he's sitting there like you can't cross check somebody in the face but the other three they were all losing it i don't know who said it but one of them was calling out Perron, and they're like, you think he actually gets a suspension like Perron? But this is Morgan Riley's first offense. I don't think Perron had had a suspension history. Yeah, like that, no, he like didn't. that doesn't change it. Like they were, it just really sounded like they were yelling about stuff to yell. They were talking out their ass. They didn't sound that. And, and that's which, the thing. Like, I don't, weird for such a, I hate the, the history of, you know, a, a guy's been suspended here and here so he should get more it should be like no you know sure if they have prior offenses okay but to be like well morgan riley's never been suspended or anything how can you you know that should never be brought up it should only be brought up if they have you you shouldn't get a mulligan on exactly horrible assault after the whistle uh because it's never happened you should be punished extra if you have done it before. And exactly. I think I think a lot of people are starting to not look at it like that when that's what the intention is. Because yeah. it's there for guys like Rafi Torres, where it's like, oh man, this guy's been suspended a lot of times. It's it's not there to mm-hmm. protect the first-time offenders of it, you know? If exactly you did, if you did something bad enough to get it looked at for a suspension, there's a good chance you deserve the suspension. Yeah, not only that, an in-person hearing. Like yeah, which d- doesn't happen very often. It's surprising how they've been pretty good with a lot of the suspensions this year. Oh, they've been handing yeah. out some bigger game suspensions, and somehow Nick Cousins has avoided them all. Yeah. <laughs> and, dude, yeah, I swear to God, if I see one more clip of him and he doesn't get a suspension this year, I'm going to lose it. Yeah, that's really the only part of the, you know, the, the player safety that I haven't been happy with is the fact Nick Cousins gets away with everything, like the Brennan Gallagher one. Such a weird guy. I, I think he should have. I think Gallagher should have gotten more, but the like five, I'm still okay with. Just on the fact that Adam Pellick was was okay. Like if it was like Pellick had another concussion, was out, you know, long term. I would. I don't know. How be like you got to throw the throw the book at Gallagher. That's great. That's so five. Lucky. Like five is, you know, I can live with. But yeah, like Nick Cousins, man. It's, it's, he gets away with it every time. It's is is crazy. Yeah, I don't know what dirty's got on Peros, but he's he's got something on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sure seems like it. Um, yeah, I I think that's pretty much all the main things we have. Other than I'll go over the uh, the stats leaders and maybe the standings here in a bit. Um, yeah, I think that's all we all we got left here now. 
yeah, that was man. I I love how many empty net goal clips I'm seeing now of like the past in the past because like this whole slap shot in the empty net thing has got people being like, anyone remember this? And this video was abysmal. It was like 140p, like it was horrible quality. But it's some video of the I believe the early 2000s, maybe the 90s Capitals, and one of them goes in to score the empty netter, and he stops he stops in the crease and he holds it and he looks up at the clock and there's 10 seconds and he just stands there with it and you know the defenseman's like "Ah, fuck and he skates in towards him and of course the second the guy hits the bottom of the circle the guy backhands it into the net right but i'm like dude could you imagine if he did that right in morgan riley's face waited for him and then put in oh my god like dude i want to see more of that stuff that's how you get rivalries going. The next game versus Toronto and the Senators is going to be electric. Oh, oh, it's going to be such a it's going to be a must-watch game to to see the the whole fallout of of it. Like there's there's a couple historically rivalry teams, you know, the the Boston Montreal's, the the Toronto Boston's, the the Battle of Alberta, but there's not a lot of great rivalries in the league right now. And I think a lot of that is the parody, you know, uh, you know, the yeah. Sharks and the Knights just started going and then the Knights were on the up and the Sharks just started to go down. It doesn't really work. And But man, when you get some of those organic moments that just really bring it out, like, yeah, uh, you, you love to see some of those games. Some of those games. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, but with that all said, uh, I'll unless you have anything else, I will get into the uh, leading scorers in the NHL. Um, we're not like going to go into it. I'm just going to mention it because I feel like we sure. we haven't talked about this team in what feels like forever. Um, but Uri Slavkovsky, uh, slow start to his career. Um, he is on a seven game point streak right now where he's put up eleven points. Um, so which is pretty good it's great to see and it's worth noting that his um the start of his career from the beginning till now has been very similar to how jack hughes's career i I saw that comparison the other day yeah they have really similar starts in like their first you know whatever you know 80 games or something like that they have like it's like the same point total but slavkovsky has like one more goal and one less assist like it's the yeah. exact same almost. Yeah, so it's I mean he he's starting to to get it going there and if he can uh reach even somewhat of the level that Jack Hughes has has reached like that's a huge ad for for Montreal. Yeah. Dude dude's not even 20. Like Yeah. Yeah, and he's a he's a big body too. Like he's a It's going to be like well. 3 years before he finishes puberty. Like I I think people underestimate how much more developing guys continue to do when they're uh 20 21 22 even like they you just get bigger better smarter like not to well, mention the, the amount and not of only that put in. like he came over from um from out east like he he didn't grow up playing in, in north america so that's a big adjustment you know to leave everything behind that you've you've had your entire life and you come over to north america and it's it's a lot different over here the game so and that, that's also a big part of of making that adjustment for, for a guy like him. So I, I think the stars are finally just aligning on everything for him. And he's, uh, he, he's making the most of it right now. 
Yeah, unless you're a big, like a massive name before you're even drafted, like a, a Bedard, a Crosby, the uh, McDavid types, I don't think you get a ton of access to the best facilities either. And especially with wherever uh, Slavkovsky was playing before, like uh, over in Europe, who knows what access to stuff he had to. But now yeah. being with the Canadians, like once he gets used to being able to fully take advantage of the millions of dollars that I'm sure they're putting into their, you know, all their, the trainers and the, the nutritionists and all that, like, yeah, as long as he's still putting in the work, he's going to be an absolutely excellent player. Oh yeah. 100%. And they most definitely, they've got a lot of good young guys on that team. They, yeah. I mean, you can say it about a lot of teams, which, which is exciting. Cause it's, it's fun to have young, good, high potential talent in the league. But like, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's not a lot of teams that have that, uh, you know, that uh, what shark the sharks kind of had maybe two years ago, even or uh, I guess a, a better example would be like Arizona five years ago, like one of those teams that just you don't know if they want to go up or if they want to go down for now. You know, are they trying to re? Like, there's not many of these teams that are just no direction in the league right now most of them have a pretty clear chicago the sharks ducks they're all rebuilding they'll get better but like they've all got pieces a lot less with chicago but they have bedard so yeah exactly like there's there's no teams in the league that have no players of value and also no prospects and they're floundering and yeah and that's really exactly because it's those teams that are bad by accident and they don't have anything to show for it that you really feel bad for those franchises and their fans. So it's mm-hmm. nice to see it. It's at a point where, you know, Columbus has got the young guys, you know, the Sens, they are finally allowed to spend money and they've got all these, they've brought in Giroux and they've got Kachuk now, and they've still got some more young guys that it's, it's yeah. fun to see that every team's got something to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. Right. For sure. Um, but Unless you have anything else, we'll get to the uh, leaders. Yeah, dive right in on it. All right. So after after their uh, absolutely phenomenal game against each other uh, just last night uh, between Tampa Bay and Colorado, um, after that game where I believe uh, Kucherov got three points and McKinnon got two, um, Nikita Kucherov is first in the league for points with 93 uh, Nathan McKinnon is in second with 89 and Connor McDavid has shot up after that, uh, six assist game. And I believe three assists the other night, uh, he is now at 80 points on the season in third, um, for goals. We got, geez, in 51 games, 45 goals for Austin Matthews. Yeah, uh, it's nuts. And then 39 Goals for Sam Reinhart in second. And in third, we have Nikita Kucherov with 36. Uh, for goaltenders, we got uh, how many how many minimum games played Shai put? What do you uh, think? 20, 25? Yeah, I was like going to say 20, 25, somewhere around there. Sure. All right, so with a minimum of 25 games, one. for uh, first save percentage, uh, first in the league, uh, Connor Hellebuck, of course, with a 926. Absolutely incredible. Uh, but not too far behind him uh, with 
only one less game played, uh, Joey Decord with a 923. And in third, Jeremy Swayman with a 921. Um, in fourth, we have Thatcher Demko with a 920. I just wanted to throw in him in there as well because a 920, but he's got 40 games played. I don't know if any other goalie in the league has 40 games at this point. Um, yeah. Looks like Gorgiev has 45, Saros has 43, and then and then Demko with 40. So they're right up there. Um, I saw a stat earlier that I believe it was 26th. The Winnipeg Jets are 26th in the league for goals for this season. And they're doing as well as they are, which blew my wow. mind. Like, actually, Connor, yeah. Like, Connor Hellebuck is putting on a clinic over there. The The average save percentage in the league is like 900 even right now. And, yeah. And he's putting up a 926 and absolutely dealing games. He's a... Uh, Let's uh let's look at the goals saved above average per 60. Okay, so in fourth, third, and second, the numbers are 527, 561, and 577, respectively. Then Connor Hellebuck's in first with a 686. Like the rest of the top goalies are all pretty close, and then he's so much higher. Like he Yeah. At at least at the time of recording, he should absolutely be a lock for the Vesna at the moment. Oh, one hundred percent should be. Yeah. I think, I think him, Demko, and honestly, at this point, I think I would put Decord as the top three uh, this year. Although I definitely yeah. think uh, you know some guys like uh, Swayman probably have a, a bit of a claim to it as well. Yeah, there's a couple guys that are in there. Like it's you know it, you, you can have a you can make the debate. Too. Yeah, you can make the debate for a couple guys up in the top of there, but like, yeah, Hellebuck stands uh, stands alone right now as like the the, the clear front runner um, for for the Vesna. Yeah, he's he's been absolutely outstanding. Um, and you know what? We'll uh, we'll go over the uh, teams in a playoff spot. Uh, I think it's good to just go through. We'll go through just the teams that are in the playoffs. And uh, if your team isn't, hopefully they're one of the teams that is about to jump into it because there's a lot of... This has been one of the most exciting playoff race years in recent memory for me. Like, yeah, usually, you know, they love to say after American Thanksgiving, you know you have like a 10% chance for one of these teams to squeeze into one of those spots. Like usually it's set by that point. Yeah. They've been changing constantly, at least in the East is where yeah, it's been all over the place. Keeping track, but even in the, even in the West, you've got teams all over the place. So, um, but in the Atlantic conference, the top three teams are uh, the Panthers and the Bruins, both with 74 points. And the Tampa Bay Lightning with 65 points. Uh, in the Metro, the top three teams are the Rangers with 73, the Hurricanes with 65, and the Flyers also with 65. And then the two wildcard teams with 64, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and with 60 points, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, they've got almost every team in the East that's not that I didn't list on their tail, barring maybe three or four. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a close race. Yeah, and there's like 
there's like four teams that could sneak in there, and I don't think anyone would be too shocked. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, in the Western Conference, we got the Central Division. The top three there are the Dallas Stars with 74 points, the Colorado Avalanche with 70, and the Winnipeg Jets with 69. And in the Pacific, the front runners for the President's Trophy, the Vancouver Canucks, with 80 points already. I believe this in second in the league is double checking. Yeah, a couple teams tied at 74. They're six points ahead of anyone else. Yeah, and no sign of slowing down. Nope. They're on a three-game win streak, 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. Um, and in second place in the Pacific, the Ve- Vegas Golden Knights with 68 points and the Edmonton Oilers in third with 63. And the two teams in the wild card in the West are the LA Kings with 60 and the St. Louis Blues also, also with 60 points. 8-2-0 and oh in their last 10 for St. Louis. They've They've really shot up as of late. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they de- they've definitely been on uh, a good run here. Um, but yeah, like like you said, it's not only like the wild card races, but even the teams battling it out for for top of the division, top of the conference has has been going back and forth. Like it's you know yeah. a lot can a lot's gonna gonna change over the next uh, you know two months or so leading up to the uh, the end of the regular season. So it's gonna be interesting to see what teams. Uh, you know, get on a hot streak at the right time. What teams maybe maybe hit a cold streak at the the wrong time and uh, take themselves out of it? Yeah, like the Jets were for the longest time top of the Central, and all of a sudden uh, they're down in third uh, below Colorado and Dallas. Yeah, like they they were doing great, and they've fallen off. Uh, the Panthers uh, they're currently tied, but uh, Florida has more wins, so they're listed as first over Boston now. Yeah, in, uh, in the Atlantic and. Even even Toronto's gone down to uh, they had a pretty comfortable lead over Tampa in the Eastern, but we've kind of brought it back. They've slipped a little bit, and now we're in that third Atlantic spot. Like it's there's been a lot of movement. Yeah, it, it makes it makes it exciting coming down the down the stretch now. So we're gonna we're gonna be keeping a close eye on it and yeah. uh, and seeing how that plays out. Yeah, it'll be really fun to watch teams play very genuinely meaningful hockey across the board. Uh, in the early stages of April and the late stages of March. Cause a lot of the time yeah. teams are coasting. I know Tampa is almost notorious for it at this point, the last five, six years, they, they get a good, you know, 16 point buffer. They're solidly in the playoffs and, and they just kind of, you know, play to not get injured. Uh, yeah. For the last bit of the year. Cause they want to prepare for the playoffs, which makes sense. But uh, watching those regular season games can be a little, uh, tedious near the end of the year if the guys aren't really trying too hard. So it'll be interesting to see the the intensity of those games ramp up versus ramp down. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah, one hundred percent. I I totally agree. Um, and I guess that's all we have for this one, right? Yeah, yeah, I got nothing. Uh, nothing left. Um, yeah, now it's just kind of seeing what what news drops here over the weekend and uh maybe we get some more some more trade talks heating up and uh, maybe some deals to to discuss next week yeah and uh we got uh, i think we're going to be recording a podcast uh in person we often do them over uh over the internet so we'll be doing one live together here soon so hopefully we get some uh 
some juicy news coming out soon that we can talk about that. If not, maybe we'll have to come up with something in this upcoming yeah. year. Yeah, most definitely. We'll, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on all of it and uh, come, come in hot and heavy next one with, uh, with as much as we possibly can. Um, but I guess, yeah, if we got nothing, nothing left uh, to go off of here. Um, once again, thanks to everybody for listening to another episode of the Stick 'Em Up podcast. Um, feel free to go and follow us on our socials over on Instagram or Twitter slash X at SEU Hockey. Um, throw us a follow on there. Send a message. Um, any questions you've got, we, we would love to answer them. Um, but with that, thanks for tuning in for this one, and we will see you guys next week.